This week on Prequel Sequel Remake. You call a hustle and a bustle and my boss getting up my ass about fucking up another Starbucks order. Now, now, the prostitutes are essential for the business. You know, maybe one day you'll come home and that snake will be at your door. Yeah. Starring Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. This Prequel Sequel Remake. Prequel sequel remakes the cast for me. For me. Oh boy. I'm gonna take a couple weeks off, and this is what you get. rusty. So, I'm I'm outside my apartment, right? I'm waiting for a lift to go to. I went to a. Uh, a Jim Carrey triple feature, right? Yeah, um, the, yeah, the the four twenty. Uh, yeah, Jim yeah, it was Carrey. great. Yeah. It was great. Not because it was four twenty. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but I sound like, like a well, I, well, I mean, <laughs> no, I they like called it the four twenty <laughs> triple feature. Did they? Because yeah, well, that's the date. Yeah, Just whatever. Uh, well, you're, you're, uh, that's not the point. That's the point. Uh, it's playing into advertising. I was I was wait, uh, waiting for a, a lift with my girlfriend, and, and out of nowhere, this like old man, just like this like crazy looking old man. Horrid teeth comes up and just starts uh, ranting to me. Oh, says, great. You, you know, you live here? And I'm like, uh. He's like, yeah, you know, I was walking by here one day and I saw a snake this big. And he's, you know, his whole arm span. He's like, and he's just out here with his owner. It was huge. Right here. I saw it. I'm like, okay, man, great. He's like, no, I saw it. <laughs> Fuck. You think they should let him. You think they should let him even live here? I'm like, I, you know, I don't know, man. No. <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, I don't I yeah. don't know. To like, each to, their own. To, to each their own, right? Yeah. Right. It, it seemed like this was like an abnormally big snake he was describing, like like something dangerous. Then he walks away. Then he comes back after Ugh. walking, and, and he starts talking again. At this point, he's foaming at the mouth. Like, flecks of spit are good. Oh. Hey, I can't believe that snake this big lives here. You know, maybe one day you'll come home, and that snake will be at your door. Yeah. Uh, fucking crepe. Yeah, you know, whatever. Then he walks off finally, and then and, and my girlfriend, the level-headed one, is just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're crazy. Grade A crazy. And I'm just like, this is a fucking angel of death. <laughs> Uh, th- this mean, man, th- th- this man has put a curse on me. This, 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 this wizard from a <laughs> that li- that, that has descended upon, d- descended from the mountain to to impart, you know, the snake curse on me. And I, I've been fucked up all week about it. You, know. you should have done the 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 one the tr- magic trick where he makes his fucking teeth better instead of trying to put curses <laughs> on people. Fucking whack ass, fucking you know. Fucking yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but that's fucked up, dude. That's yeah, just like, uh, you know, like in uh, the guy from the gas station, like the the, the what is it? What do they call it in um, Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods? Woods? The Harbinger. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, Harbinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harbinger. <laughs> yes. Desmond had his first Harbinger. Oh, it's great. Uh, well, we really it, must be headed towards uh, the horror movie slasher summer October time because you know. And even so, even if he, it's like. I, I couldn't see a, a a snake owner just taking their their snake out into the like the public lawn. Yeah, like like, like that doesn't seem like that. something you do. You don't put snakes on leashes, really. How yeah, you yeah. Cover the snake. But, but even so, it just got me like all paranoid. It's like there's a snake in the complex. It's like so, I'm closing these windows when I like. I <laughs> <laughs> not. Uh, yeah, but this guy got me all fucked up. This crazy old man. So that's my story. And um, every time I feel a blow blowing of wind or whatever on my leg, I'm just like snake. Oh, I'm sorry oh, to hear that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's. 
That's fucked up. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I might be dead by weird. next week, so who knows? Yeah, well, um, this week, some of these shouldn't exist, but let's pretend they do. I'm Peter Hunter. I'm Desmond Ports. And I'm Scott Hanshu, and welcome back once again to the only fine art podcast about making the prequels, sequels, and remakes that don't exist to movies that don't need them, but that's what we're here to do. Exactly. We're here to throw it in your face, in your ear, and I was thinking, you know, prequel, sequel, remake, you know, it's fine art, and it's a lot like fine wine, okay? All right, we'll so, go, so, go into more detail. So, so you know, um, I'm interested. When, when you first, you know, engage with prequel, sequel, remake, you want to... Uh, uh, swill it around in the glass a little bit. Yes, of take course. A, take a deep breath through your nose. Yeah. Well, keep your mouth open. This will allow you to get the full flavor palette. Then, uh-huh. when you swirl it, you, you look for the skirt, okay, on the on the prequel sequel. The skirt steak. Okay, yeah. The tapas. Yeah, the shrimp, skirt. That's shrimp, where the steak, ta- that's like the shrimp, skirt is. Shrimp tapas. Yeah. And, Why? And so what I'm saying is, with prequel sequel remake, you may not get an episode exactly on time, but you're gonna get something that's marinated like a fine wine to perfection. So what I'm saying here is prequel, sequel, remake. We're we're making wine in our spare time. Look, we we took what we <laughs> call that, that's why you know it hadn't been an episode. We no took way. what you call a, a an unannounced seasonal break. Yeah, more like a, a sabbatical. If I you mean, will. I there's mean, been <laughs> some. There's been some. Uh, you know. Issues, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the huge upsets that uh, we don't need to get into. We've been dealing on, with on some the, stuff that you guys don't want to hear about. No, no, no one wants to hear. About. I don't know why you're being so dramatic. The mixing board just broke. Just say the mixing uh, board broke. I want it's to too look. soon, Peter. It's too soon. It is right there. You know, we are talking to, about it. <laughs> I was trying to allude to uh, some sort of legal issue with like all the copyright no, infringement. No, just, 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 just bleep if, that. If you don't speak it into existence, yeah, it doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, like the Babadook, that, I assume. You know, and I want—I do want to say I just want to bring up a little point here. Fair use. All right, we're talking about copy. We're talking about documentary. This is this is all for educational yeah, purposes. It is. We are we are educating the public we about the movies that do not have prequel sequels and remakes. We are providing examples from the lecture book. That people can verify the answers in the back. They're written upside down and they're printed on the other side of the page, but they are in the back. You can verify the answers if you want. Again, and and this is all we all cover this in the syllabus. Okay, so if your parents are having trouble with the math problem, you can you know have them just look in the back. And, you know, you would be good. So Desmond, uh, what's covered on the syllabus today? <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's it's something that the fans have been waiting for. Oh yeah, they've been begging. We, for this. we have been just just you know waiting. For yeah. the right time, it's a it's an Avengers Endgame esque scenario. Exactly, and it's um it's one of the best movies of our time. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big cherished movie, cherished uh, near and dear to the hearts of many Americans. It is a uh, a, a modern opera, if you will, that uh, takes family dynamics and really is sort of a uh, you know fight the man sort of story of empowerment, where uh, you know. Well, anyway, uh, 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 Desmond, uh, 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 yeah, how about that fucking syllabus? It's uh, Dirty Word. Yeah. yeah. 1998. You all know the DVD cover. You all yeah. know the DVD cover. You, you saw know. Norm Macdonald with his glasses, peeking over his glasses, leaned up against yeah. that white brick wall. <laughs> dirty, dirty Word. Yeah. Uh, two thumbs way up, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like uh, false quote. It's like Laugh Riot yeah. or some crap like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Uh, from, so good. Uh, starring Norm Macdonald, Artie Lang, Christopher McDonald, Trailer Howard. 
Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang star in the screwball comedy, which was most likely comprised of rejected skits Norm wrote before he was fired from SNL. Norm and Artie have to get 50 grand in two weeks in order to get their perverted father, Pops, a heart transplant. In lieu of conventional methods of getting funds, say a low-interest loan, maybe selling the house Pops own or petitioning friends and family, Norm and Artie open a revenge-for-hire business, which openly commits crimes for money. The two run afoul of Shooter McGavin, not his character name, but we're just going to call him Shooter McGavin. Travis, his name's Co- Travis, Travis Cole. Travis Cole. Yeah. Travis Cole. Uh, uh, played by uh, uh, Christopher McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to throw a bunch of innocent people out of low-income housing because he wants to build a new parking garage for the Chelsea Opera House. Poor Trailer Howard also appears in five scenes to be the token love interest with no real character or motivation to speak of. Yet again, feminism in film has come so far. At least she got that sweet monk gig. Hey, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, it was like four or five seasons. I'm like, get that, get that money. Get you that know, money. Uh, it was just about get the time that, that we had the inception for um, this little show, <laughs> this little podcast that we all do called Prequel Sequel Remake. Uh, it was right around the time that we had the thing. I said, we were saying, hey, what movies don't have Prequel Sequels Remakes? What we can do? And about the first words out of my mouth tumbled dirty work. You know, this has been on the, so this has been on the docket for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it really has actually. Yeah, it, um, it, it has. And I will say, um, oftentimes we'll do movies of say less SEO value because someone is really petitioning hard for it. And uh, Scott, you have oh yeah been the champion of dirty uh, work. I um, love this movie. Full disclosure, absolutely no no, no shame in that at all. Uh, uh, um, and but while I do recognize there's some parts of the movie that uh, you know we'll get into. It's, yeah. You know, don't work as well as the others, but you know, I, I feel like as far as comedy movies go, uh, you know, it's it when you can say that through and through most of the bits work, you know, I, I'd say that's that's about as good as you're gonna get coming out of the '90s with all the. The very '90s clothes. That yes, were very all the bits work. All the bits no, work. I mean, I'm not being all the bits. I think you're being no, no, generous. No, no. There. You're being a little. I'm generous. not saying all the bits work. But I'm saying it's, most, most of them work pretty all right. Look, I'm know? not here to. I'm not here to call out every out of date joke. Yeah. That, that obviously exists in this shitty '90s SNL comedian reject yeah. movie. You know, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of this in age here, mostly of the homophobic. Some racist, some, some ra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, it, it doesn't age well, and yeah. you know, I just I was talking about this sp- uh, triple feature I went for Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura is the same way, yeah. And even though as a, a horribly offensive like final act that kind of like just collapses, uh, I can't. I have to. I have to acknowledge that there's really funny bits in that movie, and that's kind of my thing with dirty work too. There are some yeah. pretty funny. There are, there, and there's yeah. <laughs> there's some downright you know raunchy or more. Dirty, at least angled gigs. It's nothing too extreme, but but, but, but that being said, directed by Bob Saget. So yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, we should, yeah. we we'll should be expecting probably worse. Honestly, he's probably had to be ratcheted back. That being said, I speak for myself when I say I don't really like this movie. Uh, I am immensely amused by it, and even more amused by. Scott's love of it. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, what about you? Opening statements? Um, I will agree that I am very amused that Scott loves this movie so much because it seems out of character for you to love this movie so much. Do you like this more than Dumb and Dumber? Uh, oh no! no oh no! no that no, was the no, th- no, you had to no, think no. about. Okay. No 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 no. <laughs> okay. But let me let me let me just explain the roots of dirty work. Here. <laughs> yeah, okay. please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. We need please. to dive deep. Please, buddy, um, dive deep, man. Full disclosure, I did not inhale, but perhaps <laughs> the first time 
that I <laughs> may have breathed. It was medically aided. Uh, may have been medically aided. Anyway, it was very, you know, everybody remembers the first time. And uh, Dirty Work was the movie of choice. And um, so, you know, it's always had that place. And, and you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's got some good, good bits in it. You know, so it's always kind of, it was always one that we returned back to. Um, during the process of, of inhalation, you know, throughout the years. <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, which and I didn't. Uh, yeah, no. I didn't. Yeah. Even though legally was, I could say that I did now and it wouldn't matter. I'm just saying allegedly. retroactively. Allegedly. Allegedly. I didn't. Allegedly. But I, you know, maybe I did. Anyway, Dirty Work is just, you know, just a, a, a classic of cinema. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to defend it too hard because yeah, just here's straight the thing. out. Why do you like Dirty Work? Scott? No, 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 no. Why, no, save that for the end. Oh. You, you, you love, you love this movie, Scott. Oh, like, I, lead the charge. What's this movie about? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's well, get into okay. It. So it's about uh, Norm Macdonald, who plays a character Mitch Weaver, uh, and his friend Sam McKenna, which is uh, uh, played by Artie Lang, which is just. Oh boy, the uh, comic duo. <laughs> oh, Lang. I, I yeah, will no. say this: uh, 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 I do appreciate uh, uh, Norm Macdonald's uh, uh, dry humor bits throughout this. I mean, you know, if you don't like that, you don't like Norm Macdonald. You probably aren't going to like the movie. But a leading man, he is, he is not. not. He and is so when they, the, 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 when they punch in for these close-ups of him having the dramatic moments with Kathy, and it's just like, ah, oh, no, that's just like totally not cringy. That, that doesn't work because he just doesn't exude any kind of like, yeah, there's chemistry here. It's like, yeah, is is there? I no, don't know There why. definitely is not. Norm, Norm McDonald is fun. I'm sorry. He is funny. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Go ahead. no, he, no, he's, no. He's very funny. And like back then, it's like, he was kind of like this badass on SNL. It's like, that guy did not give a fuck. And that's probably why he got fired. That's yeah. definitely why he got fired. And I remember thinking he was hilarious. I think now he's kind of like a ranting old man. He mostly gets drunk and talks yeah. on stage. Uh, I, had a, so, uh, I had a cousin who saw him in stand-up once and he didn't even finish Which one? Because he was so drunk. Norm Macdonald? Yeah, Norm Yeah, McDonald. I saw the same stand-up set. Uh, <laughs> or maybe a different one, but it was the exact same story. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I don't know. It kind of did make me take, like, take another look at, at, at my love of dirty work and be like, ah, yeah. So, uh, uh, so Sam McKenna, Mitch Weaver, uh, uh, you know, they they grew up, you know, as lifelong best friends. They're always pulling pranks on each other, and uh, it, lots of other people, lots of popcorn induced pranks. Lots uh, of popcorn induced. Uh, and um, it all, it, but then they get older and they realize that you know life they're sucks fucking and, losers. and and they're fucking yes. losers. And you know they take take the, the big thing is just that you know the pops is like no matter what you do, no don't take no crap from nobody. And you know so the worst part is now I'm in my late forties or whatever. I can't hold a job. And, no, and no, I take no, crap. no, he's definitely no, no. supposed to be in like his like late twenties, early thirties. Uh, I don't he's definitely I, I, okay. I should to. actually know which anyway. Like late tw- anyway, he said, but he's like, and the worst part is I take crap from absolutely everybody. And so that that's you know it should kind of sets up. It's like his his arc is he's, he's going to turn it around. Uh, but what, what is the big catalyst here is that over at, uh, I guess, Pops' house, uh, which is Artie Lang, uh, uh, Sam McKenna's dad, Pops McKenna, who's a yeah. boxer. Uh, uh, Was a boxer. He, a after, f- while, while, creep. While yes. they're just fucking sitting around watching him, like, n- not get a hard on to this fucking, what, what, what it ended it up being like, like a, it's an 18 minute exercise. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely an old exercise watching video. it over and over again. Yeah. But anyway, uh, um, he's like, oh, 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 oh. it's just like, ah, oh, super pervy and creepy. He's very pervy and creepy. Then he has a heart attack. And because of the heart attack, uh, when they're in the hospital, he reveals to Norm that uh, Norm. <laughs> doesn't just call him Norm. <laughs> just call him Norm. That, that him Norm. and Artie Lang are actually half brothers, which honestly, when you look at the casting, it's like, 
no, it's not a bad cast. No, no, when you no think about it's that. not. It, no, that, it's that not. does work. Um, still, so you're dealing with Artie Lang. I guess he's serviceable enough in the, in, the, in you know in the role, but he's. The shirts are terrible. Yeah, he, had, terrible he has one really good delivery in the whole movie, and it's, when is lunch? <laughs> yeah, the, the construction one is like, eh, okay. But, those, but anyway, those two definitely... So so Norm MacDonald in this film wears ridiculously oversized oh, shirts. He does. Which He's might be a, a product of the time, because you watch Freddy Got Fingered, which is like a few years later. 2001. To, Tom Green is wearing like the same thing. It's a very 90s yeah, like thing. So big. Yeah, then, considering Ar- how lanky he is. Artie Lang's in these like tiny little like polos. polos. Yeah. Oh, and they're just hugging him. Flip-flop hugging that fucking him. wardrobe. Yeah. Right. Every single shirt that Artie wears is just a terrible... Terrible shirt. Haven't you guys watched Queer Eye? You gotta wear layers so the eye is distracted from, you know, the belly. Yeah. Gotta wear layers. <laughs> no, they haven't, but there's like oh. the scene where, where well, fucking, um, Sam McKenna's like getting ready to go talk to the girl at the bar and he just fucking, he shakes his hands out and like he just, everything is jiggling and like, oh, ooh, I mean, yeah. I know that they were going for that with like the costuming, you know, it's like, haha, this is a joke. That's one of the it's, 90s things that starts with like, nah, man, because. You know, it's funny as Don Rickles' whole, you know, tirade against them is, which is problematic, but it's Don yes. Rickles. It is Don Rickles. You know, it, yeah, it's on brand. You're getting ahead of yourself. Yes, you're Yeah, well, it's, it's let's not scale that far back. ahead. Yeah. Okay, so Pops reveals they're half-brothers. But the problem is that Pops, due to his age, is low on the donors list for a heart transplant. Which makes but sense. <laughs> Chevy Chase, the doctor, Dr. Farley, uh, is a crooked-ass doctor with a <laughs> oh horrible, horrible gambling addiction. And this is my favorite thing about this movie. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great character. I, I'm a big know? fan of the and scummy peripheral character. Oh, yeah. And I just think it's so... Like, Chevy it Chase... Works. It works. Uh, uh, you know, Pops. Yeah. Pops, you know, he's gross, but it works. Dr. Farley, again, you know... It, it works. It moves the story forward. You know, they're all yeah. these you know, kind I'm, of characters. I mean, Chevy Chase is a really fucking good deadpan, which makes sense why he still gets work, even though apparently he's impossible to deal with. Oh, yeah. I, he's yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. I heard that. But yeah. that, that whole bit when he's like, you know, uh, are you a gambling man? Well, I bet on death. Yeah, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's when like, it's like, you, uh, uh, you uh, bet uh, in the fight. So, and, tell me, are you a betting man? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. Well, uh. If I were taking uh, if I was making bets with your father's uh, bout with death, I bet everything I own on death. <laughs> it's like so good, oh, man. Couldn't you have prepared him something? I kind of thought I did with the whole betting analogy. <laughs> a little bit later, he disappears with a because uh, he's got a gambling addiction. He's like yeah. in, in, in deep with some loan sharks. He's he getting fucked, a, yeah, yeah, fucked fucking, up by the mob. He's, yeah. got, like, he's, appear, he's in a scene. They don't even mention he's got a broken arm. Oh, I think. It, it, no, they do. They do because uh, Norm comes in. He's like, "Hey, what happened to your arm?" He's like. <laughs> Say you, uh, no, it's like, say you owe a bookie a lot of money and he blows off one of your toes. You still owe him the money. Doesn't seem fair to me. It's like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, no, no, he's really good. I will say, it's like this movie like it gestates with you, you no, know, and then it but, all bursts forward out of your chest. And it's, it's wonderful. You I know? will say the bit players often overshine the main characters. Like Chris Farley is really like, this is just a reminder. Chris oh, Farley good, is Chris so Far- good. Chris, he's, he's so yes, funny. Yeah. He has, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, know, he, like also has a somewhat problematic bits where he's just yelling about <laughs> uh, a side. You shut your cake hole, Yoko. Yeah, no. He, oh, not good. Yeah, not, no. Not, but not. he's got such energy and like, oh, this like, was his last fucking was movie. It? Oh so, man. So Chris Farley yeah, plays man. a crazy old uh, <laughs> war vet 
that yeah. hangs at the bar that Mitch and Sam uh, frequent, hey. and he had his nose bit yeah. off by what by, he claims yeah. to be a Saigon whore. Yeah, yes. could have been and worse. Could have got my nose bit off by a Saigon whore. Yeah. You bastard! Um, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's I, great. I, I am not feeling Chris Farley in this, man. Really? I, no, like, man. I liked him it's, it's despite just, the problematic... But bits. there's just no like joke to it to me to me. Well, yeah, like, there's no like, joke to his character. It's just like, like some funny, naturally like, funny talking dude. about like. Well, see, the thing is, I live at the Y, and I got a roommate, old Jack, who's a little particular. Oh, that's a okay. stranger. Yeah, <laughs> he just got his knee drained last week. He's like, you can just tell, you know, it's Chris Farley, man. It's like, ah, that, sure, gold. yeah, you're right. You, you know, I uh, think like some like like don't get me wrong, I love a Chris Farley yelling, um, but I just didn't dig. <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah. one's. I, I kind of like the, the the Billy Madison character. The shit he drew. The, oh, yeah, that guy is great. Guy. Who, a like, bit more. In, like, the drugged out dream is, like, making out with the penguin or whatever. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, in the in, so in the run-up to them having this idea to start their revenge for hire business, they actually do, like, a series of these Joe other jobs. little, you know, Joe jobs on the side jobs. So probably one of the funniest ones is when they uh, uh, volunteer to eat the Granny Mabel's brownies. And, yeah. And it's just, like... Already stuff in his face, and and Norman takes one little bite, and the oh. joke is that you know, he, he, okay. First of all, Artie has one of the fucking worst lines out of He's like, "Hey, I think I feel a slight itch." Ah, uh, no, it could be in my imagination. Who the fuck would ever say that out loud? You, what you think? You feel a slight itch? Why would you? Why would you ever? Need, and then the joke is he pan over to you know Norman, Norm, and he's, he's all like, out. <laughs> but, then, but then you, then you cut to this little like, uh, uh, which I love. It's just like. You know, total hallucination scene with fucking Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler and the, Gary the devil Coleman and and and, and Gary Coleman. As it was just like, I don't know, that's fucking hilarious. You know, I mean, it's just a good bit. I, I think it works. You know, uh, but that's just me. You know, uh, uh, um, but then after, I like that they called back to it. Um, I don't think the Gary Coleman stuff is really funny at all. It's like, I mean, what? you know, for its time and place, I mean, I was just like, sure, for its time and place, but this is me watching it in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. But it's the still, oblivious. hey, that's Gary Coleman, that's money in Gary Coleman's pocket. I'm happy for he's him. He's been dead for yeah. a little minute. It, it so. was money in there at the time, and I think that that's a, you know, I think it's that's It's the okay. obligatory Gary Coleman Cameo. It was kind of big at like, the time. There were there were a lot, he cameoed in a lot of stuff dude, around this death, time. He was just cameoing. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there, there, is, there is a slight uh, you know exploitation sort of like feel to like putting him in a, in a, in a hallucination scene. I guess with but, Joe Frazier or like someone playing Joe Frazier. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they're like, hey, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, we should open a business. Do what we always done pulling pranks on people and. They come up with this absolutely fucking ludicrous idea that really only works in a movie yeah. because who, how the fuck are you going to get your business license? We're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go exact revenge on fucking people. Like, for money. For, we're going like, to commit uh, crimes and, for money. And no. And no. Like, there's, yeah. uh, there's, and jail. And just absolutely. There's so much know. illegal shit they do <laughs> yeah. with this. Okay. So, Breaking and entering fucking, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? When you vandalize, yeah. van, vandalize, impersonating police officers. Oh, That's yeah. one of my favorite. That's things. a big <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, they, they Hello, real cops. Frat boys <laughs> into like. They trick, they trick some frat boys into thinking that... Who had previously that, beat them up at had, the bar. Who had previously beat, them, beat their asses. But they trick them into thinking that fake policemen are going around to the frat houses. And Which like, is not, nice. They're not real shit. cops. They're fake cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you go back to something lately homoerotic. Yeah. yeah, sure, dude. Which, that is the, the one time... The, the, the fact that they say it to the frat guy is funny. Yeah, well, because that, then they do this whole, like, like, like you know, yeah. arm fucking, you know, little, like, yeah. high-five thing. It's like... 
Yeah, a little bit, a little bits like that. You know, still ringing of the '90s and the sort of like a eh, it's kind of way, but you know, eh, yeah. Uh, so uh, and then somewhere in here, he uh, Mitch meets uh, um, Trailer Howard. She's at the bar. This is right she before is the they bar. get into the. Okay, so so <laughs> bring a scale it way back because uh, 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 Sam, you know, shakes off his hands. He goes over to talk to some girl at the bar who the the bro is also trying to pick up. And he's like, he goes in with an open, he goes in there with a handshake, but his fingers are all wide open. It's just like, ugh. And then he's just like, I live with my dad. And it's like, all right, come on. Like, uh, yeah, come on. In what world? You know what I mean? No, like, in, in no world. And you, you come back and the, and, the, and the bro's like, hey, pal, beat it. And it's like, why don't you beat it? And the, the lady isn't interested in you jerk off, so just get lost. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I could probably quote the entire You probably movie. can. So let's zoom past that, because that is where... Uh, uh, Oh, can't zoom past. He's like, looks like this is going to be a brawl. You playing something good? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. Man. Rolling Holy Stone, Stone Street, Street Fighter. Fighter Man. G7. Seven. You, you just, just pressed G8. G8. Did you like pina coladas? Okay. Great, okay. great. Yeah, great. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would say my favorite bits of the movie. I like how Norm is repeatedly thrown out of glass windows. It's funny yeah, to that. me that they're committing to Or into to that, dumpsters. Or into dumpsters. Or just yeah. onto just the thrown. fucking sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Just thrown. My <laughs> absolute favorite bit in the whole movie. Just, it's a really great setup. So like, this guy is complaining about his noisy neighbors. So they take a bunch of oh, fish, yeah. <laughs> lukewarm fish, and they're gonna hide it around the house. So the house will smell like forever. They have to burn the house to cleanse it of the fish smell. And like going around like comedic set pieces, like sticking it in the VCR, like putting it in the fish tank, putting it in a toilet bowl, ha ha ha. And this is them when they're up and running with the yeah, dirty, when they're the up and running with the dirty work business. This is one of the, the many bits. All right, so uh, you hear the door open. Oh, neighbors are home. All right, comedic setup. There's a million places you can go with here. What are we gonna do? They're gonna have to navigate around them. What's gonna happen? Someone's like, oh, it's a, it's a mob deal going down. Someone's like, I hear, you want uh, it? Chuck it out. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I smell fish here. He's like, you wearing a wire? Was that some kind of a signal? Would yeah. you wear a wire? And then what You're in, dead cops. And then what ensues is, and it's a great choice that they don't show any of it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Norm and Artie is just straight face as it's happening, just them massacring I, each other. I, my like is, chainsaws and hand grenades are so, involved. So just like so much gunfire. He's like, Pablo, kill them. Kill, kill them. Make your gun fly like the devil Make itself. Make your gun spark like the devil yeah, itself. Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. I literally probably could quote this yeah. entire movie. I mean, anybody's watched it, shout out to Rita. Uh, 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 <laughs> You 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 know uh, yeah and uh, yeah and that, it's, it's I think that bit's really funny but when the neighbor standing there the whole time both holding fish and it's just like okay yeah the joke is it's what's off screen which is a a lot cheaper and b you know, it's de funny decent yeah. decent yeah, guy it's funny. yeah I will say the neighbor coming in and be like I didn't want this is a really lame bad joke and they should have just like, oh should have just ended <gasps> I never wanted this <laughs> oh hey do you think you could pay us now. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, they, a bunch they, of people involved in murder. There, right, like, right. Yeah. You'd think that that Lots would be of, like, oh, this is going to be a problem for them. Nope. Nope. Just keep going. Uh, movie, yeah. movie keeps on keeping on. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so think, things happen. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry because we didn't, we didn't actually cover how they got the idea to do dirty work. And this was that one of the menial jobs that they took on was at the movie theater. Right. Oh, boy, this part. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, 
So I don't know about fucking Ed Hamilton. Ed. Ha- Hamilton is played by uh, Don, Don Rickles. Rickles yeah. uh, you know, he's the boss of the movie theater. He fucking lay- we're not gonna go into it, but he lays into Artie and and Norm and just you know is just uh, an asshole. Rel- rel- says some racist things. You know, he says some very racist things. He's generally very crude about it. Um, and so you know, it's Don Rickles. Uh, they're like, man, after a speech like that, how does he expect us not to screw him over? And um, so the the people you know who work at the theater is like, man, I, I can't afford to lose my job, but if you really screw over Hamilton, I'll give you twenty dollars. They mark me down for fifty. Uh, and then Norm Macdonald has his little moment where he's like, uh huh, we could fucking make money doing this. So. They switched the reel to, you know, uh, some kind of pornographic movie. Yeah. No, which is no, relatively... No, uh, no uh, Scott. Uh, it right. is men in black who have sex who with like each other. Who like to have sex with each other. It's like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That, that part is not, there's not very bad, not good. It, it reeks of the 90s yeah. homophobia and that kind of thing. Where we're making a joke about, you know, people being gay and all that stuff. So, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot it's, of it it's in the movie. It's a product of its time. Yeah. And yes, there there is a fair amount of that. That... That was the fucking, you know, that was the fucking punchline at the time. And, and glad it's not anymore. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm yeah. glad that we're at a place where it's, it, everybody's a bit more tolerant and, and, and not really, like, down with that. It's just, you know, but it, it's Bob, directed by Bob Saget. You know, we're lucky we got we got out. Uh, I, I fucking hate Bob Saget. Yeah, like, I really you know, don't you, think it's an excuse. Here's my yeah, yeah. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying, you know. No, Desmond, I felt a tirade coming. No, 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 no. It's Feel, not, it's let not the tirade excuse, come. but it's like, I mean, you do have to look at it. It's like, look at what was made. It's fucking well, yeah. yeah. Of course it's got... Well, yeah. Of course it's a 90s comedy with homophobic jokes. Like, no fucking shit. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Like, did. all of them. Yeah. And, and like, none of it aged well, but... It's, no. I'm it's glad not we're excusing in a place, yeah, that, yeah. that type of joke. Like, no. you have to assess it now, but at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do? You can get fucking I mean, it's like going back, you know... Every... Like, all of them got... It's like, kept... Kevin Smith, which seems like one of the nicest guys ever, like is like, he's just like, well, this movie is just full of the most fucking homophobic, like just oh yeah, shit. It's yeah, no, like, chasing, you know it's chasing like, Amy's like, aged horribly. But, but, but you look at that dude, and it's like, yeah, that guy's all right. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. He's harmless. I think yeah, you know, hopefully at least he's at very this point, skinny everybody's now. Everybody's kind of him. like uh, evolved their their mental and social palate to a point where we can kind of like not do that. But you know, hey, this is this. This is the movie as, as, um, as a stand. Oh no, I fucking hate Bob Saget. Everyone always says whenever I bring this up too. There's like, oh, but you gotta see his stand-up. It's like he's not funny. Yeah, I fucking watched it. He like, oh he no, insinuates he's... he had sex with goats, and he's just like, yeah, isn't it funny? I'm Danny Tanner. Fuck you. I say I say bad words. Like, yeah, ah, no, dude, he's people like Bob Saget yeah. should be drawn and quartered. Ah, oh, I wouldn't go that far. I definitely I would. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would. I will say, but 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 I get you. I I I, yeah. I, I tire of his stick. I, yeah, I, I don't have any particular. Bob Saget would probably it. think that. Yeah. Funny. Isn't I think foul. I think Bob foul guy. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. Donkey. Yeah. I feel like Bob Saget should be like uh, Jeff Ross, where he's just like relegated to Comedy Central roasts and then <laughs> nothing else. Um, uh, yeah. The, yeah. Cause, yeah. Because that that's where his bread and butter is. I will say um, he does a lot of great work raising money for scleroderma research, which is a terrible disease where your skin becomes bone and you suffocate. Holy uh, happened shit. to his mother and sister. Um, oh. Yeah. I know. Oh. I know. Got to bring that everyone. Uh, down with that fact there's well, no, a disease where your skin becomes bone and you suffocate well um, at least um, he's yeah. doing that I yeah mean, so he's know. got that going for yeah him. Um, back uh, onto the movie 
Let's zoom ahead to where we were when we left off before we went back because oh, man, I we, just couldn't I've, help myself we, but we quoting not, the movie, guys. We, yeah, we, no, not, we, we, need, we, we need to get <laughs> we through We really, so we've summarized of, so much plot. A lot of, lot of plot. They do a whole lot of fucking, you know, illegal stuff. And, they do. Uh, they run into their big opponent, North, Travis Cole. Travis Cole, yeah. At, who wants to level a, a, an area, like we already talked about, build a Chelsea opera, uh, the parking lot, so it's Travis Cole's friends won't have to park their Mercedes, Mercedes on, the on the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, which then propels uh, Mitch and and Sam into the li- uh, 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 local spotlight of the media as heroes, uh, uh, and so uh, they wield this power uh, to um, um, use it to you know get, get in, they get into they sort of get into a deal with Travis Cole. Travis Cole fucking flips on them, and they were like, "Ha ha! I was recording it on my little fucking." You know, oh, we forgot the whole the note thing. to self yeah, thing, yeah. but the movie Notes most yeah, but you're, you're, the you're most forget, movie mostly forgets you're forgetting that. Forgetting the though. fact that the, 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 the building that they condemn is um, um, owned by the Kirkpatrick, love, yeah, not. No, no, yeah, yeah, and then and then that's when they get this movie's a place. fucking nightmare. And yeah, they're like, I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. This uh, movie. Trailer Howard's fucking mom, uh, uh, grandma mom, lives in live. the fucking building that they get all the people evicted from. Yeah. That's, there's the link to Mitch and that, and she's all disappointed. And fucking <laughs> Shooter McGavin tricked them into this whole eviction condemned might building told you deal. I, but Mitch, I don't even own the building at 99 Franklin Street. Which I, might have tricked you, I did. Christian McDonald fucks. I he's love great. him. At, he's yeah, great. Several yeah. roles. He's, he's so great. good when he's like slimy motherfucker. So good. So good. He's great. I do, I do always enjoy seeing perfect. him. And I, you know, it's funny. I in the, in, in the spot where this episode's coming out, I, I had lobbied for Happy Gilmore, which we're not doing. And honestly, this is the same caliber type fucking thing for the most part. I'd say it's a smidge better. You're a fucking idiot. No, it's not. No, yes, it is. What are you talking I'd, about? I'd this is better. better than Happy Gilmore? No, 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 no. Happy Gilmore is better than oh, this. Oh, I'm uh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, well, in my, in my mind, no, I was I was with Peter there. Oh, well, not, not Peter. what? <laughs> I, I don't get me wrong. I have I have plenty of love for Happy Gilmore, oh, and actually, I think that Happy Gilmore is great because it has a lot of you know. I'm really sorry, funny it's hot bits. in here, and I'm getting fucking. Yeah, yeah no, we're no, all getting yeah, a little I'm heated. Fucking, like yelling at Peter. No, no. <laughs> Look, it's okay. It's okay, but that's what? just because I have you know more nostalgia factor going. No, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with this movie. And no, this was the third. Look, this was the third DVD my family owned. Yeah, it's all good. So I watched this DVD a lot. I'm just breathing for a second. Um, okay, so. Yeah, Travis Cole. To be back, to, to, to take it back where Scott was, with with Mitch having recorded Shooter McGavin confessing, confessing his entire crime, they play it to the whole Chelsea Opera House crowd. Yeah. And they bring in the homeless guys, and they bring in Chris Farley with the skunks, and the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the, a big opera ensemble, and then probably actually the best fucking part, and this I'm sorry, but this joke is really fucking funny visually. It's when the fucking, you know, uh, fat lady opera singer is out on the... That's just what they call him in the opera. I'm sorry. But you know what I mean. I'm just saying. Anyway, she's out there, and she's doing the thing, and she's like... And you just have fucking pops walk out with the fucking, like, helmet on, but in, in a hospital whole gown. hospital gown. Yeah. It just, it's, it's a fucking hilarious visual gag. It's just this creepy, fucking creepy horn dog on mountain. He's like, oh, I'm gonna load it on mountain. See, you've lost me. You've lost me 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, like I'm digging, like, the gag sketch comedy-ish bits. Trying to have a story. In the first but this, half... This, yeah. But then when you, right when, when it comes tr- back to this, it's just like, and yeah, the pops running run around chasing the fucking opera. It's just like fucking end. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, I will yeah, say, luckily it's almost at the end of that. We part, are almost at the end. I, I just think that's fucking hilarious, dude. It's just fucking so <laughs> creepy. I mean, they just they took it there and just like he's just ah, it, I don't know. There's just something about the way he just fucking <laughs> he's like there's like a. 
like a curiosity in his eyes when he's like, he's like sidling out onto the stage. It's like absolutely no shame, no shame at all. And, uh, you know, just something to be said for that. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, as we wrap up here, cause uh, we're going a little long for this segment. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's no worries. Um, Remember how we like stopped going through the whole plot and just, we chose to dig that up like yeah. for this cast. For yeah. Just reason. for this one. This super <laughs> plot rich movie. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> listening will, will have seen this movie yeah. recently. So it's it on might Amazon be, Prime. It might be good that we go through it. Just, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay but, yeah, but I, I will say in wrapping up um scott i very much enjoy that you love this movie <laughs> i don't think it's very good no <laughs> i would i cannot in good conscience no, 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 recommend no. it especially if no one saw it when it first aired and don't have uh, the nostalgia goggles for it, it. Is, now hold it on the there are worse there are much worse movies i understand that you, that we have given and I w- a recommendation for on this podcast uh, have, we? have we i mean well it's all i, it's I all don't subjective. know because stuff I that i've recommended I don't listen to the show as much because i just you know what i mean but like, oh like, like, oh so yeah. it's your fault yeah, <laughs> you, you leave our recommendation <laughs> recommendations. Recommendations. Well, yeah. cutting room floor. Th- th- this movie has a few amusing bits, but if you haven't seen it, I don't see any reason to. Unless you want to uh, watch it for this podcast. Unless you're like really, oh, in, no. unless you're really into new norm like shit, and you want to go backwards in time. I I don't really dig it. it. Is the quintessential like awkward comedian '90s vehicle? I it's yeah, basketball. Like it's basketball. Uh, it's uh, uh, Night film, at the Roxbury. A it's filmmaker all that. trying to do like a comedian's bit in movie form, and maybe they have some contributions to the script, but they're limited by like what the studio wants. It's like Dirty Work is supposed to be like a fucking R-rated movie. It um, wasn't. It, it, oh, I guess it's it not is, R at yeah. all. There's like no swearing. Wow. Barely any swearing. There's like it's well the things it, you can get away. It's a good old T. Yeah. Comic mischief. Mm. Well, I'd say if you want to see a movie with Norm Macdonald as the leading man, you should watch Dirty Work. There's only like it, three you can choose. It is, okay, <laughs> is he okay, in okay. more than one? Yeah, no, what, what, screwed. Screwed. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. With Dave never, Chappelle, yeah. It's, oh. that's, it's really bad. It was it's, a comedy. I didn't, it, I that was a Comedy it. Central rotation movie for a so while. So was this. So oh, the, yeah, this so was the too. fuck yeah, was this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, let me say this, though. Like, let me dial it back because I was just saying, like, don't watch it. Scott, you're right. If you want to see Norm Macdonald as a leading man, this is very interesting to see. There's something very charming about like it's, it's, Hollywood attempts to make people a lead yeah. and that that fail. Uh, you know, Dane Cook got a few more sh- shots than Norm, but but it's it's kind of similar. It's just like ah, mm. nope. Uh, you know, we don't yeah. want this. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know, Norm's got a very like dry sense of humor. That's like I just enjoy. Speaking of the roasts, he, he showed up to one roast one year. Like he's, I think he gets invited to those a lot, and he was just like. Uh, 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 reading a newspaper the whole time. I think that's fucking hilarious. Uh, and just like, yeah, absolutely, fuck all of this. But yeah, I'll take the fucking paycheck or whatever. But you know, let me just say this about Dirty Work. Yes, it's a comedy movie for the '90s. No, it's not the best movie. Yes, there's lots of terrible, like you know, things that just you know have never worked for the movie. It's just like you know. But at the same time, if you if you're looking for you know a, a, a few mild chuckles. Throw on dirty work. <laughs> I would say I would recommend it for hey, if nothing else, you just kind of like get a larger picture about what this what this podcast is all about. But you <laughs> know, it's it's not a movie that needs a prequel, sequel, or remake. But no, um, it does that's not. what the, that's what we are here that's for. It is far from the worst thing. Like yeah, like, yeah. like it's, 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 it's fucking it. Tomcats. Oh yeah. God! Oh, yeah. No, no, let's not God. discuss Tomcat. You want to talk about fucking '90s comedies? Yeah, it's that bad. just like just they're worth nothing. How about Pluto uh, Nash? 
Oh no, I forgot. Uh, That's the movie we were. I stand Pluto Nash. No, Pluto just Nash. Like, it's yeah. just, it is just. Which does not so have a prequel, awful. sequel, or remake. That no. does have a Rosario Dawson in it. I have yet oh. to, I have yet to make it all the way through Pluto Nash. I've never seen it all the way through. Rosario Dawson, I think at this point isn't even forty, and like at that point in like two thousand two, she's playing Eddie Murphy's. Yeah, romantic like she like was co-star that, like she was the fuck out of here. She was in that in Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. No, that was Zoe Saldana. Excuse that me. That is Zoe Saldana. Yeah. That's a bad movie. It's very bad. It's very dark. Um, there's probably you no. Know, there's some weird, really weird slut shamey stuff in there. Yeah, and then there's I like think. there's some there's a lot of don't watch. And there's the Crossroads. whole Christian, Christian angle, right? Just don't watch Crossroads. Well, you should watch his fucking Swim Fan. Oh yeah, let's watch Swim Fan. Swim Which, Fan. Uh, oh, we should do Swim Fan. Yes, we should do, do Swim, swim fan. fan. It has aim in it. Okay, let's do it because it's erotic, and I've been mean to get into the erotic fucking realm. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, she's like this we're about to become cor- uh, competitive okay, erotic fan fiction here. Oh, this we're just getting into different nerdy. But before we get to other, you know. Like, anyway, we all are like going for the same thrust here. It seems like so. So it seems like we're done talking about the movie. No, 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 no. I don't mean to cut anyone off. No, no. Any closing thoughts, really? No, I think. I I, know. I think think he was in the middle of his closing. My my, closing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, um, in in defense of dirty work. I would say uh, I, I don't have that much of a defense for it, but I just yeah. say yeah, it's all right. Yes, you yeah. Do. No, yeah. in the words of Norm Macdonald, eh, it's a movie. Eh, go watch it eh, in something uh, crack whore. Yeah, hookers. Yeah, a lot of prostitutes. It's worth worth noting. Uh, Artie Lang's hometown paper, The Star Ledger, stated that he had the, all the charm of a date rapist. <laughs> which oh Norm Macdonald responded in a sincere attempt to cheer him up. That's a lot better than saying you look like a regular rapist. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, that, that's the a, a re- yeah. caliber for <laughs> dirty work. Yes, it is. And right. um, and on that note, let's dive into the dirty work we got to do. Yeah, um, it is. We did. It, it, was, these, it was dirty work. Writing these prequels, the sequels, and remakes. So we did our prequel. We did our sequel. And uh, we did our we remake. Did, we didn't do any we, of that. Oh, 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 oh yeah, just yeah. start. We just prequel. Start. We're yeah. coming back from the break from the banter. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. We haven't done a thing yet. No, we haven't. But but now we're here to do the things that you want us to do. This is why you're here. Yeah. Uh, Who's on fucking prequels? Who's in the prequel? Because I didn't Uh, do it. So. (gasps) It's Peter. I totally forgot which installment I was. So instead of a prequel, sequel, or remake, for me, we're getting a spinoff. Yeah! I love. Hey, thank you. Are we going to spin off for a prequel? This this is unprecedented. In we've never we've never made history. <laughs> Peter, this is this is this is this is first time <laughs> spin off for Peter. Wow. it is my <laughs> first spin off. Yeah, actually, Peter fucks. Yeah. Let's see what he's got. All right, um, title. Um, I'm going to be clear. This is a off Broadway play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it's like so uh, fucking hot in here. It's, yeah, I'm, it this is. is a sweat lodge. It Please is. continue. Um, it is an off off Broadway play. Title: The Work Most Dirty: A Morbid Tale in Three Parts. Directed by Arthur Miller. Tagline: The Remarkable True Story. Synopsis: Act One: Young and in the Big City. A programming note. For today's performance of The Work Most Dirty, the role of Norm MacDonald will be portrayed by Scott Hanshu, oh. while the role of Seagram's Dry Gin will be portrayed by Desmond Ports. Ah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. All right. All right. But I see what's going on. Do norms. This is interesting. <laughs> this is also a prequel sequence. For- um, so they had no idea I was doing this. Um, no. Yeah, so um, your lines are highlighted there. Oh, okay. fuck, uh, dude. This is fucking professional as <laughs> shit. It's a play. It's a, oh, it's a play. All right, so um, <laughs> here we go. Um, we cut to a slightly above average two-bedroom apartment in New York City. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the traffic is remarkably not backed up in the Lincoln Tunnel. Seagram's dry gin is in his normal spot in the bay window, overlooking the terrace. He's just got off a long shift at his high-powered financial firm. I mean, Seagram's a like a person. <laughs> Seagram, you're an, you're an animate bottle of Seagram's dry gin. Ah, what a glorious day! Shame I had to send it off with this cheap swill. Seagram's takes a gingerly sip of bad scotch and directs his attention from the window to a small photograph in a heart-shaped frame on a side table. He takes in every detail of the photo. Surely, this wasn't the first time it was the subject of his prolonged gaze. The door springs open in a shock. Norm is carrying three overstuffed grocery bags. They did it again. He slams the bags onto the nearby counter and grabs a cheap domestic beer from one of them. Seagram's tears himself away from the picture and turns his attention to the bumbling loud man who just burst into the apartment. The paper bags again. Savages, all of them. I am a paying customer. As such, I am entitled to as many paper bags as I deem necessary to transport my purchased goods to my place of residence without fear of some absur- absurdist upcharge. Couldn't spare the dime. It's not about the dime. It's about the principle, okay? Suddenly, the three bags rip apart and the contents go rattling across the kitchen floor. And what was that about? It was about two tall cans of Rolling Rock Too Many. Norm scurries to pick up the scattered groceries. So how are things at the office? Oh, it's the same old, same old. The hustle and bustle of the big city, eh? If you call the hustle and the bustle of my boss getting up my ass about fucking up another Starbucks order, then yeah, hustle and the bustle and all of that. Norm slapdashes his groceries into the fridge, taking extra care to not care where they stack on the shelves. An old rotary phone starts ringing. Norm reaches for it. Leave it. It's the office again. Seagram's downs the rest of his scotch. The phone rings for another minute or so, and stops. Mind pouring me another? Norm slams the fridge door shut and obliges his friend. Just another day at the office, I take it. Hustle and bustle. That bad, huh? The board is never happy. We're on pace to rake in four million more than last year, and it doesn't even phase them. I tell them we're making 500k more on a contract, and they just ask me how we can make more. Doctor says the job will end up killing me. Some days I don't think he's wrong. I really wish I hadn't gone with the pirate uh, <laughs> voice What's for too, this. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Norm finishes his overly long pour of scotch. Well, you know what they say about the world of finance. What's that? Jack shit. Because they're too busy drinking their feelings away. <laughs> well, I'll drink to that. Uh, Seagram's takes an unhealthily long sip on his scotch. So how are things with Mildred? (laughs) Yeah, well, we're sort of on a break now that you mention it. Sort of. She threw out all of my shit and sent some tough guys to the office to tell me to stop calling her. Better than the last few breakups, then. Yeah, well, uh, no crabs this time. (laughs) So there's that. Have you, uh, heard from Sarah at all? Seagram stares wistfully outside the bay window. Yes, while he was mainly fixated on the high pace of world of finance, he dedicated every spare moment he had to Sarah. 
Sarah with the auburn hair. Sarah with the infectious laugh. Sarah with the embrace of an angel. Good God, did he miss her. Not lately, no. She took the move pretty badly. Ever wonder if you made the biggest mistake of your life just for the money? Thanks, asshole. Hey, I'm still paying off that meter maid's car I wrecked with the popcorn. <laughs> Would I do it again? Absolutely not. Would I still take that $50? Absolutely. The phone starts ringing again. Norm gets up to answer it, but Seagrams waves him off. It stops ringing for a moment, only to start up again seconds later. Seagrams chucks his now empty glass and knocks the receiver off. You gonna be okay? You know... I'm telling the boys upstairs to take this job and shove it up their ass. Life's too short for this shit. Norm rockets up to his feet. Hell yeah. Here, I'll run down to the bodega and get us something to celebrate. Norm puts the receiver back on the phone. And don't worry. I'll spring for the paper bags this time. Norm storms out of the apartment. Seagram's laughs and makes his way to the phone, at least feeling assured by the new direction in his life. Hell, he might even spring for a decent bottle of scotch to celebrate. Amidst all this reflection, Seagram's almost didn't notice the phone ringing again. He chuckled jovially and answered the call. Hello, Mr. Patterson? Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Howard. You've been trying to get through for hours? What happened? Is she okay? An accident? Oh, I see. Can... Can I see her? No. I... I understand. Thank you for letting me know. Seagrams hangs up the phone and makes his way back to the bay window. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees the photo in the heart-shaped frame. He tips it over gently. After a moment, he finally gives in and lets himself cry. Norm re-enters the apartment with a bottle of the cheapest scotch he could find. He drops it and runs over to his friend. End of Act One. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wonder what happens next. Act Two. <laughs> There's three parts. Oh, <laughs> we all went for the extended edition of this, but... <laughs> Act Two. Act Two. Face to face with death. It's six months later. Seagrams is slouched on the couch with his funeral attire. Norm is leaning against the back wall with a button-up shirt and sunglasses, a bottle of mid-grade scotch in his hands. Well, I'd like to say that this is the only time I've been kicked out of a funeral. You know, that's not hard to believe. Did I ever tell you what happened to my grandfather's funeral? No. But I'll need to pour that scotch if I have to sit through it. Norm obliges his friend and takes a seat just across from him. So, as you know, my mom died when I was 16. Her dad waited until I was a senior in high school to kick the bucket. Very rude. So my relatives out east buy me a ticket because I wasn't making that kind of money delivering pizzas or slinging movie tickets. I think you were fired from both those jobs. Details. So, they fly me out for the funeral, right? And these jerkos expect me to put on the full monkey suit, song and dance. Kinda standard for a funeral there. Let me back up for a bit. Gramps hated formalities. Dude showed up to Mom's funeral in a smoking jacket. According to Mom, he didn't even shower or shave before her wedding. When they asked him to give a toast, he said, and I shit you not, 
Do I look like I give a fuck about bread? So, did he give a fuck about bread? He did not. So I told them I'm not wearing the fancy suit. It's not what Gramps would want. And then they read me the riot act. They said I wouldn't even be there without them. Said I'd still be slinging kibble at the pet store on the pier if they didn't spring for a ticket. Norm tops off his glass of scotch, really drinking in the moment. So as you know, I don't take crap from anybody. Painfully aware. So I head off to the church a few hours early. Give him the sob story about he was my last grandparent. I'll never be able to replace him. Yeah, <laughs> yada yada yada. So I prepped a little, a little surprise for the rest of the family. Norm takes a long drag on his glass of scotch. Yeah, uh, I mentioned it was an open casket funeral. You didn't. Gramps was displayed in front of the, all the guys, all the fear in the public, wearing nothing but his Jets jersey and his jock. Just like the old man would have wanted. The two laugh and clink glasses. That's a hell of a reason to get kicked out of a funeral. Uh, no, that's not why I got kicked out of the funeral. Yeah, then why were you? Yeah, I put a bunch of popcorn in the karaoke machine. Who has popcorn at a funeral? <laughs> Who has karaoke? Hey, man. It's gonna be okay. i just never really been through something like this before. I've never loved someone who just died out of the blue. Yeah, man, and I like to say it gets easier, but given I've been drinking at 4 o'clock for the last 20 years, I'd say you wouldn't really believe me. Have I ever told you about Sarah and I's first date? You have, but I'll gladly down this scotch and listen. We played laser tag down by the pier. Then we snuck into one of the restaurant's kitchens and stole a bottle of wine. It was just cooking wine, but we got buzzed enough to puke our guts out on the Ferris wheel. Uh, I'm surprised you got a second date. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Norm outstretches his hand to Seagram's, and they share a gentle embrace. Breaking the peaceful silence was the all-too-familiar ring of the old rotary phone. you helping me out at the firm since Sarah died, but I have to have my limits. This line of work is dirty, my friend, and I'm certainly messy enough. The phone continues to ring. Norm and Seagram's look at it tensely until it finally stops a few minutes later. Norm grabs the new empty bottle of scotch and jiggles it back and forth. And the spirit of blowing off work? Have at it, man. Should be another bottle above the fridge. Norm gets up and heads to the kitchen. Once you uncork that bad boy, I'll tell you about our second date. Seagram starts clutching at his chest. His face is slowly turning purple. <laughs> okay, as long as we're not talking about you getting to second base or anything. Seagram like, falls to the ground, gurgling incoherently and reaching hopelessly for the rotary phone. Hey, are we out of ice? Norm is totally clueless as to what is happening, fixated entirely on the mid-grade scotch and his itch for another jag of fine booze. Hey! Buddy! Norm notices something is wrong. He darts from the kitchen to the couch. He slaps Seagram across the face repeatedly. No, 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 buddy! Come on! Uh, uh, hold on! Uh, hold, hold on! Norm reaches for the phone to call 911, but before he can, it rings. He stares at the phone in disbelief. 
He then looks at his friend, gagging on the floor. Seagram reaches for the hand of his dear friend. Norm does nothing. He then reaches for the phone. Hello? Yes, boss, this is McDonald. The Ferguson account. Norm stares at his friend, just clinging to life on the carpet. I can be right there. He hangs up the phone and exits the apartment. Seagram writhes on the floor in pain, but just manages to knock the phone down to him. In agony, we can see him dial 911. End of Act 2. What's going to happen in Act 3? Well, we'll find out now. Uh, my fucking intermission. I'm going to pay too much for a drink. <laughs> I take a piss. Give me a nice $17 fucking my time. Yeah, get, yeah, get a nice $15 domestic beer. Just um, fucking try and pinch it off for the last 30 minutes of the opera. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to get up and miss this, but fuck. Uh, I really got to piss. Act 3. It's always been about business. Intensive care ward, two weeks later. Seagrams is clinging to life with a mess of machines attached to his weak form. A nurse leaves his bedside table and shrugs as she exits the room. Seagrams says and does nothing but stares off blankly. He can only assume that he has little time left. Norm enters the ward dressed in a tuxedo and carrying a full martini. It's seven in the morning. How are you holding up, buddy? Seagrams stares at his friend coldly. Well, I figured that might be the case. Can't say I blame you. You know what I always say, buddy? I don't take crap from anybody. And surely, I've given you a whole lot of crap. You left me to die. Oh, it speaks. And indeed, fair point. Sure, I left you to die in order to advance my own career. And advance it I did, I might add. That Ferguson account turned into six more accounts. And counting! But at what a price. <laughs> Funny you should say that. You see, my friend, you lost sight of things. You prioritized all these sentimental things, all this intangible bull crap over what really matters. Money? No, not money. <laughs> Taking care of yourself. Do you know who was there for me when my mom died? Nobody. When Mildred, I mean, Kathy, left me? Bupkis. I was there. You were there to look down on me. Norm, the funny fuck-up. Here to parade in like some Kramer on Quaaludes. Which is a very accurate way to describe me. Let me tell you, buddy. Kramer is here to get his. Seagram's turns away from Norm and faces the wall. Honestly, my friend, I think what I ultimately decided was that I was tired of doing everyone else's dirty work. I wanted to finally do some dirty work of my own. Norm finishes the martini and places the glass at Seagram's bedside table. Oh, and one last thing. Norm pulls out an extraordinarily expensive bottle of scotch and places it beside the empty martini glass. To your health. Seagram spits at his friend's feet. As you wish. Norm jaunts outside of the ICU. Seagram stares off into the distance. He thinks for just a moment that perhaps another photograph has been placed in the heart-shaped frame on his bedside table. There was no such thing there, but it did not matter. Seagram's dry gin was dead at 34. <laughs> Kill House Lights. The end. Shit, Arthur dude. Miller's done it again. Yeah. Arthur Miller has wow. done it again, yeah. Wow. Um, so Arthur Miller wow. the Crucible? Wow. Wow. Uh, no, 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 no. That was... um. That was Nathaniel Hawthorne. 
All right, well, a, a, a fucking beautiful spinoff. Not prequel. No. That's fine. We don't really need to know what happened at the beginning of, of, the, of, the, of that. Of that, uh, that whole uh, thing. Whole thing. Doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, excellent job, Peter. Excellent Thank job, you. Peter. Thank we're you. going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back after this for our sequel, Don't Go Fucking Anywhere. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. I tried smoking. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried smoking. Smoking. My urge to smoke. I love the fucking smoke. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking. Aggression, hostility, agitation. So I can smoke two cigarettes at the same time. Ah! Serious side effects may include smoking, which can be life-threatening. I can't tell you how good it feels smoking. Talk to your doctor about smoking. Wow, we and uh, thanks for uh, checking back in with us after our short commercial break. There, uh, we just finished what was a. Gr- I mean, we have been doing a lot of groundbreaking new things on prequel sequel remake tonight. It's true. Um, so far, I mean, we have done a spinoff for a prequel, and it was also an off-Broadway play. I mean, yeah. holy shit. We're breaking new ground here. Breaking great, great addition to the spinoff. Yeah, catalog. Yeah, um, written with immense talent and finesse. So that's the uh, thing with prequel sequel remake. Thank you. You, you, you actually never. Yes, Peter. And thank yeah. you so much for your contribution. With yeah. prequel sequel remake, we'll never know exactly what we're gonna get. And that's the fun yeah. part. I will say that um, you guys had no idea that was coming. No. Um, no. I told you that you might have some lines in mind. You didn't know you would have almost all of the lines. That's actually a good way to do it. We should actually you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, format yeah. a little bit more in the future. Yeah, it was easy for me. <laughs> I like to picture like Norm Macdonald in like a Broadway show. With a, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. a bottle of Seagram's Dry Gin. Oh, man. No, like a life-size bottle. Yeah. You know, like in a persona. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's what I was I really hate that show. the pirate voice. And I don't know why. Like when I hear Seagram, I guess the ocean. Maybe that's why I think. Yeah, pirate. that's why you're thinking of the sea. Ah, Seagram. Seagram's. Seagram's Dry Gin. Gosh, I so like that. that the gin drinks scotch. Because he's part of the high-powered financial firm. He yeah. only drinks scotch. He only drinks scotch. He only drinks scotch there. He's not going to drink himself. That'd no, be that'd be... Suicide. be fucking weird. Or or at least weird. cannibalism in it. Or, or you know, something. Yeah. something. Well, I mean, he he's dies. Getting, he's getting off. He works. dies anyway, so it doesn't matter. He, 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 does. he does. I mean, eventually every bottle of Seagram's dies. And this is something that, you know, <laughs> Eventually, hard You kill to, every <laughs> bottle. You do you, kill you every do bottle. You do kill it. Yeah. You, you drink it to, to death. To death. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so now that... We haven't prequeled, but we're moving on anyway. Uh, well, there's not going to be a prequel. Sequel. There's not going to be. In case you guys one. are wondering, it's not going to happen. It's wait, spin-off? you choose spinoff as well? No, no I have no. sequel. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm up next. I have sequel. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I thought you said sequel's not going to happen. No, I said prequel. No, oh, I'm happen. sorry. I'm sorry. It's spinoff, Pre- sequel, remake. That'd be hilarious if you both did spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> and spinoff. No, 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 no. No, uh, no I did. Uh, uh, well, probably end up being a, a more traditional sequel. You know, uh, no. you know, when they, when you when you're so close to these movies, it's it's really hard to dive in and Res- sort of change the world. But you know, you you find different ways of expressing the same motifs. You're gonna be uh, doing. Uh, 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 there's gonna be a lot. Of Norm Macdonald impersonating. Yeah. yeah, you are so comfortable yeah. in that role. Hey, yeah. Mildred. Mildred, Mildred. I just want to. Oh no, I couldn't remember your name, so I just guessed. <laughs> that's a funny <laughs> fucking a novel job. approach. That, that's a funny line. When she's in that like super nice blue dress, yeah, she looks really awesome. And the poor woman. We didn't even be, talk like, about fucking Anton's Motors and fucking you know the, David the, Keckner. Yeah, the, the the fucking used car salesman. Yeah, bad vibe for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Get your ass back in here now! I mean, he always <laughs> plays that guy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, I love the part where he's like, he stutters. He's like, "We're on live. This is live TV. 
Trunk's fine, my friend. Yeah. Uh, as you can yeah. see, it's... Why are you doing this commercial it's live? not small. And then he opens the thing. He's like, oh, wow, looks like you got a dead hooker in your trunk. I wasn't a dead hooker! I was wondering that the TV crew never is just like, and cut. Yeah, right. I was like, <laughs> and continue live. Yeah, let's continue live broadcasting these dead hooks. Some jerk France. making your life miserable? Call 555-187. Let us do your dirty work. And we're clear. Yeah, fucking, yeah. See, yeah. you know, you did, this movie sticks to the other. It was the, one of the first three DVDs my family owned. I've seen it many uh, times. What was, the, what was the menu like? It's just the picture. It's, there's no with song? With play and so, scene selection. And special features, which was trailers. There's no song or like embedded, like 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 sizzle reel. I think that's there the was, worst. I think there was a song. It was like some of the score, which we never talked about. This movie's horribly overscored. Yeah, it, you know, it's very '90s in that in that, in that sense. I it has think, a lot you know. of '90s college rock songs in it, like Green Day and. <laughs> it has this one thing. Life. I guess I'll bring this up here. It has this one like uh, uh, part that the, it gets played over and over again, sort of thing. But it especially gets played over and over again during the. Uh, DVD menu. So I'll say after falling asleep to this movie like many a time, being woken up rudely in the middle of the morning by it's like until you're like uh, uh, what what <laughs> just run over and walk over oh, and man. slap the TV off and uh, yeah weird good shit. people fuck too <laughs> uh. well come on I mean DVD menus yeah. are like fucking yeah. late late in the movie yeah. 90s comedies that are just <laughs> on wouldn't be the weirdest thing but yes you're right yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anything happens to be on suddenly it takes on this whole new like dirty significance yeah. like dirty. I would enjoy this normally but like yeah. norm norm <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of dirty and norm, uh, Scott, let's see what you got a sequel. 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 Well, you're going to have to let's top. Let's go. Let's do to, it. You're going to have to top the off Broadway sensation, which doesn't have any standard for stats and such because it's a spinoff. But let's say it did very well. Let's just say it did really well. It did very well. Uh, probably did well. It, it probably from, got a Tony or something, it, right? It went from off Broadway to Broadway eventually. <laughs> yeah. <Wait. so. laughs> Tony, Tony Montana. <laughs> Tony uh, Montana. Can we, start, Montana. Can we just start calling him Tony Montana? His name's, his name's Tony Montana, and he's a lounge singer from like the seventies. How you doing? How you doing? Who's anybody out there the fucking quailude? All right, let me know. I'm your boy. Freaking Al Pacino. Al, Al, Al Pacino. Ugh. We'll get to him. Yeah, we will. There will be How plenty we, of them. Oh, yeah, we future. haven't done an Al Pacino. No, 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 no. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. No oh. one's had to suffer through an episode of that impression. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, anyway, he's a, he's a hardcore cell phone actor. He's yelling into that fucking phone. <laughs> Okay. No question about it. <laughs> we'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Sequel. Sequel. And now, an introduction by Quentin Tarantino. Hey, everybody. Quentin here. When I'm not making fucking badass movies with kick-ass gorgeous women who kick fucking ass with a killer fucking soundtrack alongside my favorite stable of go-to actors who I make be racist, I like to kick back <laughs> and drink a glass of my favorite brand new energy drink. Quinston Torrentino. With all the fucking badass fucking energy of Taurine and the delicious bitterness of raw quince. Chug one or two of these and get out in the world and get semi-violent. But make sure you have some good meandering dialogue that has nothing to do with the story, but is actually way better than most traditional dialogue, okay? Ugh, bitter. 
thank you for watching the extended cut of Dirty Work Volume 2. And make sure to stay tuned after the movie for an exclusive look at my upcoming movie, The Mambo 5, written by Lou Bega, directed by me, <laughs> fucking Quentin Tarantino. Cheers. Dirty Work, Volume 2. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Tagline 1. Dirty Deeds, Filthy Cheap. Tagline 2. Norm MacDonald is back, and this time, he's looking over his sunglasses and pointing at the title. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's me, Mitch Weaver. And that guy over there is my lifelong best friend, Sam McKenna. Yep, that's right. They also brought back Artie Lang. <laughs> oh no, with his oh, deflated boys. nose. <laughs> Does he have that? Oh, just look him up later. Oh, Audience or no uh, listeners, look it up. A couple of years ago, we started a revenge for hire business as a way to earn enough money to buy a new heart for an aggressively creepy old man, Pops, who also happens to be both of our fathers. After we exposed real estate mogul Travis Cole's criminal conspiracy to do something something the opera, <laughs> Sam and I were treated like heroes. We had so much business coming in, the phone was ringing off the hook, I tell you. Like this one guy. He had a really annoying neighbor or whatever. So we broke into his house and filled his water heater with popcorn. And it exploded and he died. <laughs> or this video store clerk who had a problem with shoplifters. So we replaced all of his products with popcorn. <laughs> Life was good. We even had enough money to buy Pops a new cock. Although the less said about that, the better. I'm a fuck machine, boys! Oh, God. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. I mean, it's on point. Yeah, but... it's, it's accurate. But after a series of well-deserved lawsuits and piss-poor <laughs> legal counsel, before we knew it, we were deep in debt. So much for being an entrepreneur, right? Now that I'm a couple years older, it's all the more pathetic. Oh, and Kathy? She broke up with me. I might have told you I got the girl, but I lied. Good luck trying to prove it. <laughs> Anyways, let's end this voiceover portion and segue into just a regular narrative for the most part. Here we are at the Dirty Work storefront. Sam, I've been crunching the numbers. We're still in the red. I told you, we need to reduce the amount of popcorn kernels by half for each gig. Mitch, the allotment for prostitutes is nearly quadruple the popcorn expenses. Now, now, the prostitutes are essential. For the business. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we can cut down on rotten fish for a month or two. Even if we cut out fish completely, we're not even close to breaking even. If we can't even make rent, Kirkpatrick is going to punch me in the stomach again. Relax, Sam. We are not going to get punched in the stomach. There's, <laughs> there's got to be another way. Say, is our fire insurance up to date? The door opening bell jingles, and camera follows a fancy yet menacing pair of boots as they walk across the floor. Camera pans up to a cowboy hat-wearing gangster with a toothpick. That's played by John Languizamo! Yay! Yay! Yo, Ray for Johnny Lake. Languizamo combat! None of it rolls off the tongue. Hey, buddy, here's a fatality. Yeah. Whoopsie. Toasty, or whatever. Toasty! 
<laughs> Buddy! Complete side note, someone on gave Mortal Kombat 11 a really bad review and said the violence was too cartoony. <laughs> I'm like... Where were you? I know. What? what? It's Mortal Kombat! I was just like, I'm like, I'm normally not that guy, but I was like, come on. Like, come on. You know. It's been 25 years of this. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, yes. I, yes, I do. I know. I, I, I agree with you. Johnny Cage does the splits and punches people on the balls. But Johnny Legs, on the other hand... He does not. He does not. Or maybe, or maybe he does. He does. Yeah, we'll find, find out. out. You're a very nutty boy. <laughs> as played by John... <laughs> as played by John Leguizamo. Yay! 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 Celebrated actor John Leguizamo. Afternoon, boys. You open for business? Uh, yes, sir, we are. And, uh... How may we help you? Or whatever. Why don't we skip the formalities here and tell me who you work for? Was it Yanni Gogolak? Tony McGregs? Who? Actually, it's just us running this place. Honestly, our business makes no sense. Half the time we're off pulling pranks during business hours. The other half the time we're in county jail. Yeah, and when we were in jail, those guys... <laughs> Anyways, uh, how can we help you, Mr... Jakes. Lonnie Jakes. <laughs> I have to admit it, I'm impressed. I've been running game in this town for more years than I've been alive. But these days, with the heavily militarized police force, most of my gang has been locked up. But for some reason, the cops don't want to go after a couple of peach pie motherfuckers like you two. And that infuriates me. But I'm also intrigued, because I can use that. So I'm going to cut you a deal. You hire a few of my guys, and we do a job. I'll cut you in 30%. We're talking millions here, so 30%? I'll let you two talk it over. Sam, do you think that hat is real snakeskin? I think we should take the deal. After all, we need the money. Uh, Mitch, I don't know. Do we really want to... By the way, it's definitely real snakeskin. Do we really want to get in bed with a shady character? Sam, you get into bed with a shady character every night. Every night you can afford it. And besides, what's the worst that could happen? So, fellas, do we have a deal? We'll do it. For $50,000. Mitch... Fifty thousand is nothing compared to thirty percent of millions. Relax, Sam. And that, Mr. Jags, is our final offer. <laughs> Lonnie Jags adjusts his toothpick. All right, let's get dirty. Got him worked that in as much as possible. Yeah, hell yeah. We cut to the same room, just oriented a little different, but now with a large round table. Seated at the table are various shady characters. All right, Mitch, Sam. I want to introduce you to your new employees, the dirtiest of the dirty. I call them the Dirty Dozen. No, that's just me. And to my left, on guns, the Dirty Harry. Hey there. Next up, the face, Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Rowe, and uh, your job sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I call it Dirty Jobs. <laughs> my getaway dude has no name. We just call him Pigpen. Known for his filthy overalls and ever-present dust cloud. He's like a uh, fucking baby driver or something. <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> and of course on the mic, the one and only, Old Dirty Bastard. Shimmy, shimmy, oh, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. <laughs> and on guitar, Steely Dan, writer of the hit song, Dirty Work. <laughs> great, great jokes. Okay, that's enough of that bit. Now... Let's look at why we're all gathered here today. Blue Balls Casino. We all know the spot. We've all lost money there. Now, 
It's time for us to get a little bit of that money back. Deep in the basement is a vault with more money than Fort Knox, hyperbolically speaking. How do we get to said money? Well, rumor has it, they're needing renovations. And guess which company just picked up the gig? Oh man, I sure hope it was us. Yes, yes it was. So here's my plan. We go in undercover, filming a renovation-style reality show. Team A distracts the staff and security guards with celebrity Mike Rowe, while Team B uses the elevator shaft to access the basement. Once we crack the vault and make out with the dough, Team A clocks out, nice and smooth, with no one ever the wiser. Hmm, yeah, uh, we could do that. Or we could pay a bunch of homeless guys to run around screaming and yelling inside the casino. And once the guards are thoroughly offended by this abuse of the homeless, we tent and bug bomb the building, causing as much property damage as possible. They'll be so distracted by all the chaos that they'll never notice when we sneak downstairs and take all the gold or whatever. Well, that's just about the most incoherent and terrible plan I've ever heard in all my days as a career criminal. Then again, it is your business. So, let's take a vote. Do we A, go in smart and quiet, or B, chaotic and stupid? Gentle, gentlemen. Oh. B? B? B, chaotic and stupid. So we're choosing B? I mean, this is what it seems like. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's fun. Pretty, dude. Yeah. Uh, so we're choosing B. Yeah, we're, we're going to B. B, chaotic and stupid. All right. Cut to Mike Rose squirming in the backseat of a car, bleeding from the gut. Oh, oh Mike Rose, <laughs> fucking die, man. Listen to me, man. You're not dying. You're going to be okay. Say it now. I'm going to be okay. Oh, I'm going to be okay. Note to self. We should have done it your way. <laughs> Shut the hell up, Mitch! Listen, Mike, we're gonna make it to the rendezvous point, and you're gonna live a long, long life. Oh, it stinks like fish in here. I'm scared. Hold my hand, Mitch. Ah, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Uh, uh, note to self, remember to clean your hand. Mitchy, I'm dying, Mitchy. <laughs> but it's okay, because I got to have you. Oh, God. That's good. That's good, dude. That's a good death. Yeah. Sweet Starship Troopers ref. Mike Rowe is dead. (laughs) Sam finally speaks up. I wonder what he meant by, uh, he got to have you. I have no idea. Say, Lonnie, I think Mike Rowe is dead. Okay. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right, I know a guy. A cleaner. He'll help us mop up this real good. A phone rings. A hand reaches over and picks up the phone. Hello? I'll be there in 10 minutes. Title, five minutes later. A karaoke version of Sweet Home Alabama starts blaring as a big fucking orange sports car with a spoiler burns rubber down the street. Joe Dirt pulls up alongside the rendezvous point. Oh. Fuck me. No. That's a movie that... Has a sequel. Has a fucking sequel. Oddly dude. enough. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. I know. Premier, I, was, I was reading about it. Premiered anyway. exclusively on Crackle. <laughs> oh, Sorry, offshoot. No, no, it's okay. No, it's Crackle. It's okay. It was actually a good point. Inside, Joe Dirt crouches and looks at Mike Rowe's corpse. Dang, man. He's dead. Yeah, but we fucking know that. That's why I called you here. Well, excuse me. 
I'm more of a janitor type cleanup guy, but I guess I can help you out. Now, does anyone have a shovel? Suddenly the door is kicked down and in walks Dirty Harry. He draws his firearm and puts Joe Dirt down. He then wheels on Lonnie Jeggs and puts a bullet in him as well. I guess no one else made it out of the casino scene, so Dirty Harry then pulls the gun on Mitch and Sam. Oh no. Don't move. A car is heard pulling up outside. In walks Hamilton, their boss from the movie theater in the first Dirty Work. <gasps> it's played by Don Rickles. Oh. oh, oh yeah. Back from the grave. Ah, how I've been looking forward to this moment from that fateful night at the theater. <laughs> when you two bozos wrecked my premiere and ruined my reputation. I knew I couldn't just let you get away with it. So I plotted away. I set you guys up with this casino gig. I can't believe you fell for it. It's so stupid. Just like the stupid dummies you are. And now, thanks to Dirty Harry, I've got you right where I want you. How could you, Dirty Harry? He paid me more. Just business. I guess I showed you guys a thing or two about dirty work. Now, I'll let you guys decide who dies first. <laughs> Shoot me first, Mitch. This is, the whole thing is my fault. Ah, now wait, Mitch. Uh, yeah, this whole thing really is your fault. I don't know, who should die first? Is it A, Mitch, or B, Sam? Kill Sam first. Kill him. Sam, what are you saying, Desmond? If you want Norm to die first, I'll go with you on that. No, Sam. Sam? Yeah, because fuck Artie Lang. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. For part of the whole, you know, stern. I mean, crowd. I'm sure he's like a perfectly fine person. You think so? No, actually, I'm. I'm you sure about he's that? He's probably not a person. I'm sure he's totally a fine person. <laughs> I'm sure he's acceptable. <laughs> Maybe so now that his face is all fucked up and he has to be nice. <laughs> or, you know, because he's he got a face built for radio. God, um, that's a horrible phrase. Oh, I hate wow. that phrase. Oh, wow. I apologize. That, that's 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 really hurtful. It's really hurtful. Yeah. Well, so we're going. So beat. yeah, but but kill him. <laughs> but but, 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 <laughs> but yes, please that is kill hurtful. him. But do kill him. <laughs> yes. Uh, 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 all right. So we're going B. Sam. Excellent choice, Harry. Shoot the tubby one. Hey, that's not a nice way to refer to someone. <laughs> nice. You're about to shoot this bastard, and you're worried about my fat shaming? I'm just saying, it's problematic. Problematic? Give me the gun, you dummy. I'll shoot him myself. Dirty Harry turns his gun on Hamilton. Better not do anything you'll regret, punk. <laughs> oh, now you're going to shoot me? Go ahead. You don't have the guts, you big baby. You shouldn't have said that. Dirty Harry takes aim at Hamilton and blows him backwards with a slug to the chest. <laughs> Hamilton's body falls on a load-bearing rope, dropping a giant crate on top of Dirty Harry, crushing him instantly. <laughs> so South Parky. Yeah, it really. Okay, well, Sam, I think it's about time we got the hell out of here. Mitch looks over at Sam, who is hiding some rotten fish in a toaster. Will you come on? Sorry. So Sam and I got away from the crime scene and there were never any repercussions. <laughs> we shuttered the revenge for hire business and managed to get part-time's job at the food court. As for Pops, his robot cock is just as strong now as the day it was installed. But that's it. Bye. That is how the movie ends. Yeah, it's just like, hey, Which yeah. is actually hilarious. Yeah. Because he's talking about Chevy Chase. He's like, yeah, they killed him anyway. So now he's dead. Okay. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wait. Hey, guys, QT again. Oh, Thank God. you for watching the extended cut of Dirty Work Volume 2. And now, as promised, here's a sneak preview of my new film, 
The Mambo Five. Take one step left. And one step right. Cause you can't run. And you can't hide. The Mambo Five. Monica has a knife. Erica takes your life. Sandra has a gun. Jessica. Just for fun. This summer, a little bit of them makes you their man. You and me, we're gonna touch the sky. Hot! The Mambo Five. That, that's it. Yeah, that, <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that's rated R. Rated R. Yeah. yeah. This film is not yet rated. This film is not yet <laughs> rated. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah, film is not yet rated. Uh, so how yeah. about some stats? Yeah, give, give us the stats before we dive into that, yeah. Critic score, 30%. Another senselessly violent movie from Tarantino, the only director in Hollywood who uses violence in his movies. <laughs> Garish Dicks, Flim Flam Film Fans, Torbach, New Jersey. Audi- Torbach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a hell one. Yeah. Audience score, 60%. I came in for a buddy comedy and left horribly confused. I'm not really sure what that was, but I liked it all right. Graham Marsala, Frigidaire, <laughs> Hornswaggler, <laughs> Dupington. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Budget, West Side, Walk It Out. Expected gross profit, East Side, Walk It Out. Actual gross profit. Southside, walk it out. Trivia. Now walk it out. And that's it. (laughs) That is fucking it. So you were really true to form with the source material there? Um, I think, yeah, ultimately, I'll probably end up having the most, like, normal, norm, normal, uh, 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 um, um, prequel, sequel, or remake uh, of the bunch. Well, there's no prequel, uh, so you you have the most normal prequel. I do, uh, yeah. Because uh, there is no prequel. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. The most most norm. We did the sort of the prequel, didn't do it, but we're going to say we did it. We spun off into something else. We did the re. Uh, we did the. Mm, mm, did the sequel. We did do the sequel. Yes. And now, the coup de grace. The remarque. We've saved the Dez for last. (laughs) Oh, God. How long have you been saving that line, the Dez for last? Just thought of it because I didn't want to say best. That's that's rude. Well, I mean, that's good off the cuff. That's good off the cuff. It's not good rehearsed. It's good off the cuff. It is good. It is good. Uh, uh, want something else to get me through through this? this. And here we are. Desert Charmed kind of life. Baby. Baby. So hey, I'm on remake detail, and I got I got I got a doozy for y'all. Title: Dirty Work, directed by Todd Phillips. Oh fuck no! Starring Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. God damn it! Uh, oh, no. <laughs> we open to a jungle, midday. A rusty old jeep <laughs> tears through a near invisible road, overgrown with plants and vines. The jeep eventually comes to a small church, tucked away in the foliage. Out of the vehicle steps a tall, slender man. Played by Keanu Reeves. Wait, Slender Man? Yeah, well, a Slender Man, not tall Slender Man. Not the Slender Man, a Slender Man. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. He nips at an oversized Sherlock pipe and slings a large caliber rifle around his shoulder. He enters the church carefully. Inside the dusty main hall, he finds the church's priest kneeling deep in prayer. Excuse me, Father. 
The man tosses a bag of pirate doubloons toward the priest, <laughs> who's played by John Voight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. In case you didn't know. Paul Cerrone. Ha, that's more like it. Welcome to Paraguay. How may I, Father Paul Cerrone, be at your service? <laughs> Sorry, we spoiled that a little bit. But everybody knows. We, we, we know. Now everybody knows. It's Sorry. all good. Go it's ahead, all good. Dude. I need your help finding an escaped associate of mine. He's not himself. He's out there, killing villagers in bad ways. The man unfolds a large photograph and hands it to Father Cerrone. Cerrone is immediately taken back. The photo is shown to be of a rabid-looking chimpanzee, written in pen on the photo, subject named George. Oh! Oh, oh my God, I know oh, what you did! Oh, oh my God, oh, do it, yes. Oh, wait! Oh, man. I won't spoil it for the audience, yeah. so we're just gonna let this roll. Whatever they did to him, it made him violent. The government wants him dead. But if I can talk some sense into him, we're from two worlds, one family. <laughs> oh God, fuck you. The man affixes a large yellow hat promptly to his head. Hey, for all this pirate loot, I'll do anything you say. Just know one thing, little baby bird. This could be dangerous. <laughs> We cut to the morning. The man in the yellow hat and Father Cerrone drive their ramshackle jeep up a mountainside trail. <laughs> yes, everything I wanted and more. We won't be able to take the roads much further. We can leave our jeep at the nearby village. The two park and wander into the small mountainside village, only to find carnage, mutilated bodies, and livestock. Whoa, what the hell, man? This don't look like the work of no monkey to me. I told you, George isn't himself. The research lab he was at, they did experiments on him. Oh my god. How are you plan reasoning with him then? Look, leave that to me when the time comes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to wait a year for this. You said there's a cave near where the monkeys go. Well, let's go there. It's a good start. This is good writing. This is good fucking writing. After a long, tiring hike, they reach a beautiful pond by a cave, where a wide array of jungle monkeys gather. So, uh, which one of these is your guy? None of them. George is a chimpanzee from Central Africa. I think he's stick out a bit in Paraguay. All of a sudden, the various tree monkeys begin to scatter. A heavy purring is heard from behind. Then out leaps the Cerberus! An enormous three-headed creature standing 15 feet tall and foaming oh at the mouth oh. as it creeps upon the cowering men. Oh, jeez. The beast first lunges at the man in the yellow hat. He quickly uses his rifle to block the dog's massive septic bite. He buys himself mere seconds to back up before the rifle snaps in half. Father Cerrone, take your shot! Father Cerrone freezes, sweating and trembling, until he lowers his rifle. I... I'm a man of faith. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> Great. The man in the yellow hat bows his head to prepare for his imminent death until Curious George himself leaps out and tackles the Cerberus. <laughs> George stands eight feet tall and has a physique of a gorilla. He roars and beats his chest primally. <laughs> a thrilling battle ensues that I won't bore you with here. <laughs> but I will anyway. <laughs> George gets a bit a few times. The various Cerberus heads get punched a whole lot. 
Father Cerrone and the man in the yellow hat spectate in awe. George eventually gets the upper hand by jumping on the beast, leveraging his legs on the outer Cerberus heads, yanking the middle head clean off and punting it. Oh no, that's only around one, baby bird. This Cerberus has two more heads. But no, the Cerberus lays dead. You can't have a gaping neck wound and not go into shock and die from <laughs> massive blood loss. So uh, George wins. Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah, yeah. He lets out another not quite King Kong, but pretty much King Kong like battle cry. The giant chimpanzee turns around to face the two men. His face is covered in blood. This is Curious George. <laughs> as portrayed by Andy Serkis. Oh, hell yeah. Why? <laughs> No, oh, no, please, please, please. I was going to say, don't you think we should call him Furious George? <laughs> I didn't even think about that once, but it's it a good it, is it, is it, is it good? It's a great one. This is Curious George, as portrayed by Andy Serkis. Why did you come here, George? I know we didn't leave on the best of terms. You handed me over to those scientists. You let them ship me to that place here in the jungle. What else could I have done, George? Had them take you by force? You were just too damn curious. <laughs> you were more intelligent than me when you were a year old. The government got wind of that. What, they're just gonna let me keep my super ape? You don't know what they did to me. The other animals. And what are you doing now, George? You break out of the lab and start massacring villages. Out of what, spite for man? George stands and remains silent for a moment. What happened to those villages wasn't me or any of the other animals. It was something else. A swelling going into flashback mode sound plays. Uh... Curious George sits in an isolated cage in the lab. The mutated ape paces through his cage. Scientists shuffle around doing nefarious mad science shit. <laughs> we, all, we see a bunch of... <laughs> We see all sorts of toyetic creatures. A giant scorpion, Triceraconda, Jaguana. Triceraconda? Triceraconda, hell yeah. I, I like the way that rolls off the tongue. I just need to figure out how yeah, it think works. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> uh, a shift break comes for the scientists when they are carted back to the nearest town and swapped with the next day's shift. A small group of scientists exit the lab that night and walk to the escort vehicle. Then, we see the three-pronged laser sight appear. <laughs> And with a burst of energy, the first scientist's head explodes into pulp. <laughs> the other scientists scatter. Another scientist's leg is severed by some sort of projectile disc blade. As it retracts, it goes straight through the chest of another mad scientist until back to its thrower. We then see our assailant appear out of thin air in an almost chameleon-like fashion. The Predator. Yes! Yes! Oh, man. Wait, did Guillermo direct, direct this one? I was, I, he was slated. You slated, yes. Yeah, that's okay. Things change. Two more scientists have made their way back into the jungle in all the commotion. The predator leaps through the treetops after them, managing to spear a guy and hanging him from his own, own organs. The last remaining scientist keeps running until she bumps straight into the alien monster itself. The predator lifts her up by her skull and stabs her repeatedly with his wrist blades. Ah. The predator then focuses on the facility itself. The monster barges in the main door, slaughtering everyone on duty as lights flicker stylistically. <laughs> With all the humans dead, the predator makes its way to the animal cages. Pacing and studying each creature, it eventually comes to a computer console. It fumbles with its wrist pad, then the console, until eventually 
the animal cages open. The assortment of aggressive monsters are initially hostile to the predator. Then it lets out a piercing scream, and they all flee out of the facility into the jungle. George follows, puzzled, as the predator watches them all escape. End flashback. I was free. I thought nothing of it. I adapted to life in the jungle. Then I started finding people dead. Like you said, horrific. Entire towns. Maybe the other animals, I thought. That is, until I found the ship. Hey, what, what, what kind of ship? What are we talking about, ship? <laughs> you see, I had initially assumed the creature to be just another experiment. I think it's best I just show you. George takes them on a lengthy excursion through the jungle. They come upon a high-tech-looking aircraft. Paul Cerrone looks in awe, completely disturbed. It came from the stars. That's not all. George ushers the men into the ship hastily. Inside, he shows them a sort of hologram archive, which he deciphers. It took me days to translate this. What I can make out is that it's from another planet, a species of hunter-warriors. They travel the galaxy collecting game trophies. They've been to Earth before, but man has bored them. But these creatures, like myself, they wish to annihilate man and breed your mutant experiments for their own private hunting preserve. Paul Sharon and the man in the yellow hat look mystified. So, how do we stop it? Two things. First, we have to stop the rest of its race from coming. It sent out a call sign to the rest of the race for an aid in the cultivating. I can call off the transmission, but I'll need to go back to the lab for parts to repair the transmitter. Second... We'll have to kill it. You two stay here in the ship. I'll get the part. It won't think to look for you here. George begins to make his way out the ship door. I want you to know, George. I'm sorry for what I did. You are not forgiven. But even though we are from two worlds, we are one family. God damn it. <laughs> Again with this. George leaps into the trees on his way back to the lab. Father Cerrone and the man in the yellow hat look around the spaceship apprehensively. All my life, I put my faith in the father, the son, and the werewolf's ghost. There was nothing in my Bible about no space aliens. <laughs> Just trust in your heart. Let fate decide to guide these lies we see. Ah. I put my faith in what I most believed in. And right now, it's nothing. <laughs> Father Cerrone slinks back and begins to scowl. The man in the yellow hat looks visibly disturbed. Father Cerrone, how, how about a little fresh air? We'll do you good. The two then exit the ship. Then the giant scorpion crawls out of the jungle and attacks. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh shit, Father, let me see your rifle. We hear an off-screen... Sorry, you yellow bastard. End of the line. I want no part in this. I ain't dying here for no god, and definitely not for you. Looking out for me, baby. Uh, maybe I'd turn to snakes, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm taking this fucking spaceship. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I should have known not to trust the likes of you. You'll never learn how to drive the ship. Father Cerrone is now in the cockpit, mid-takeoff. <laughs> I don't know, seems pretty easy to me. <laughs> Catch you later, little baby bird. And, uh, well... Well, fuck you. <laughs> Father Sloan flies off into the horizon his newly acquired alien spacecraft. The giant scorpion is now mere feet from the man in the yellow hat, 
who stands there defenseless. Before he can see what's going on, the scorpion is yanked by the tail into the jungle brush. Two smashing impacts are heard, and we hear the scorpion fall limp. The man looks relieved. George just saved the day, of course. That is until the predator emerges from the jungle, tossing a shred of scorpion shell aside. The predator walks right up to the man in the yellow hat and stares him down. Quick as a flash, he cuts off both of the man's arms. The man falls to the ground, screaming in agony. The predator then picks him up by the face and walks him to the nearest tree. The predator begins smashing the man in the yellow hat's head into the tree until it's pulp. The man's skull and spinal cord are then easily pulled out of the bloody mess that was the body and placed on the predator's belt as a trophy. Fuck. George then arrives with a now useless spare part. <laughs> he sees the pile of blood and gore that once was his friend. As almost to add insult to injury, the predator picks up the man's bloody stained yellow hat and fixes it to his tendril ridden head. Oh shit. The predator then plays back the father Cerrone saying, Catch you later, little baby bird. George tosses the transmitter aside and lunges at the predator. The predator hoists its retractable metal spear at George, who catches it midair. Armed with the spear now, George engages in melee <clears throat> melee. George engages in melee combat with the predator deflecting the staff strikes with his wrist, wrist blade. Eventually, their weapons lock. George overpowers the Predator and breaks one of its blades. George headbutts the Predator repeatedly, and it stammers back near a cliff. Predator fires an auto-aiming shot from his shoulder-mounted pl plasma cannon. It grazes George, but badly burns him. George then tackles a Predator off the cliff. The two plummet down deep into a pond below. They remain locked in combat underwater, repeatedly stabbing each other while sinking to the bottom. The pond fills with red and neon green. What seems to be minutes pass. The winner emerges. Curious George. Yeah! Bloody and bruised, but alive. Yeah. George begins to limp his way off from the pond. But the predator emerges from the water. <gasps> it begins playing back human cackling over its speaker and sets some sort of bomb timer on its wrist blade. Only had to have the wrist pad short out and malfunction from, you know, exposure to fucking water. Yeah. Electronics here. <laughs> With the bomb disabled, the two engage in a final battle, fatigued and right on the shore of the pond. The predator claims one of George's eyes in the brawl. And finally, George is able to sweep the predator's feet out from under it. It falls back into the pond and then is constricted by the Traceraconda, oh! who has emerged from the depth of the watering hole. The predator is slowly suffocated and dragged to the bottom of the pond. George begins to limp away. The battle won. X amount of years later. Good. We see the evening jungle sky. Spaceships slowly descend upon the planet. As an older George observes from an impressively built base. With him are a small army of various creatures and experiments and otherwise. George addresses them all. The plague that is man. But use us for game. Well, I say we give them a hell of a fight. Who's with me? The vast crowd of Franken creatures applaud and scream. George chumps on Clifford, the big rabbit dog, <laughs> and puts on the yellow hat. They make their way off into the jungle to begin the fight. The end. Wow. Woo! Title. 
Curious George versus Predator, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah! yeah. Right. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, the, I knew there would be kind of like, wait a minute, we didn't have a title to be. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. No, no, uh, yeah, oh, that was, man. That was exactly what I Holy wanted it to be. Holy shit. Um, um, has everything to do with Dirty Work to me. <laughs> we didn't need a remake of Dirty Work with Owen Wilson we, and Vince Vaughn. We really right. fucking did it. I definitely thought of it. <laughs> I, I, and that's about as much as you need to think about it. Yeah. They're like, hey, what if this happened? You get that cast yeah. in your head and you're you just like, do. I know how this would I'm go. so do. much happier that we just took that wild, wild, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cerrone's wild ride is what we should call yeah, it there. Because uh, uh, that was intense. Mr. S- Paul Cerrone has a spaceship now. He's a spaceship. <laughs> oh, I got a fucking spaceship. Well, he loses it's crazy it. crazy to drive this thing, damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, no problem. Well, you know, he I just thought, like, you don't even know how to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> pretty easy. Uh, not too bad. Uh, uh, it doubles as our prequel to Anaconda. It's this is true. how Paul Cerrone loses his faith. He learns of the Predator's existence. <laughs> uh, we just got to figure out how he loses the ship. He loses the ship. So he yeah, probably... Yeah. 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 He probably... He puts it right down into the middle of the fucking river and then it shorts out. And then he's like, hey, it's flagging down of a documentary boat. And I'm, there you go. I'm by the man of the cloth. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he's like, I need someone who can track Curious George. <laughs> he doesn't... <laughs> Curious George just kind of shows up. <laughs> no, I, 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 I... Oh, man. Hey, man. I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah, so this fans is, of the casters will enjoy... Oh, man. If you haven't listened to the casters, Go it's listen probably, to you know, really funny. And uh, go it's, back and check it it's out. It's definitely or, our most popular episode. Definitely absolutely. the most definitely. listened to. For good reason. Or if you it's like, really, you know, a more yeah. popular episode, our Matilda episode. I did yeah. uh, Matilda vs. Yeah, Predator, yeah, which yeah. this is the spiritual successor to that. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Um, there's going to be more of this brand, and I'll get to more of that in the moment. Oh, fuck yeah. But we're going go to go to Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. Critics, 0%. <laughs> Fucking dirty work. <laughs> they robbed me of quality Wilson Vaughn scummy hijinks. Don't even bother with this shit. Stay in and watch Tomcats. <laughs> Colmo Colm. Uh. <laughs> That's awkward. Awkward. From Colma. The, the Stuffington Post. Whatever. The Stuffington Audience is 87%. Just so genius, so genius. And Andy Circus proves yet again that all he's good for is playing CGI monkeys. Come on, just, just so genius. Uh, person. And uh, Guillermo del Toro will return. And this is where I want the fans to help us out. You know, let oh, us yeah. know on our Twitter. Yeah. At pre-sequel cast. At pre-sequel cast. What you want to hear. But Guillermo del Toro will return with the, the, the top voted... Or, or, or requested, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, or we'll uh, just pick uh, the one we want. Also possible. He'll return with Muzzy the Professional. Oh, 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 man. Yes. Or Inspector Gadget versus Terminator. Oh, man, these are both oh. These are both Oh, I kind of want to fucking choices. see both of them, but it is up to you, the audience, yeah. to get involved. Let I mean, know. we need you to let us know what's going to happen next in this installment here because, you know, I need to see this. We all need to see this we happen do. in our heads, of course, we when do. you're listening to it. It's kind of like reading a book where it's like instead of reading a book, someone's just telling you a book. But uh, you, <laughs> like you're, you're still imagining book, it. Scott? Yeah, you're imagining it in your head, and it's not like you're watching it on TV when they've decided this is the the the, the shirt that this testosterone gets to wear. No. You could decide whether you have a rippling mass of muscle, Paul Cerrone, or just like a very, you know, a uh, 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 very, you know, uh, no, that's up to you. Uh, 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 and so we thank you for that. And, and so please get involved. And, and, I, and I, yeah. I implore my co-host to insert Paul Cerrone 
at any point cruising around that alien ship. I mean, there is a dead space here, so there's stories to yeah. tell. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I think it'll probably happen uh, once or twice, at the very least. I, I'd it's venture to guess. Yeah, he, he is. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an arc. And what an amazing um, series of dirty work renditions this was, oh, even man. though only one of them was technically a dirty work rendition. Yeah. No, it was all pretty on topic. But you know yeah. what? It's good. It's good to be back. We love our yeah, yeah. we love our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this maxi episode. It, I'm not sure if this is our returning episode or not at this point in time. If it's not, it might be our second. Anyway, we'll be back. We'll, we're will around. Be, yeah. Either way, it's, it's good to be back, and that was so much fucking fun. And yeah. uh, uh, rock on, dirty work, and rock on prequel sequel remake. Yeah. It's the su- best. Subscribe and stars, etc. Follow on the social medias. You know what they are. Pre-sequel cast on Twitter. Pre-sequel, pre-sequel sequel remake on everything else. Yeah, yeah, you know what they are. Yeah, if you're you listening, you know what they are, and you're the best kind of nerd for listening. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, we'll catch you next time, folks. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back.